0: Pow, 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 pow. Welcome to the Across the Spoilerverse podcast, I'm your host Kevin Feige, as always, we are here talking about lots of topics this week, gonna hand it over to my man Greg Albert. Greg, how's it going?
1: It's going well. I had a slump of a week on YouTube, you know how it goes my friend Paul, you, you have like three to four days of terrible views and then you're like, oh my god, everything's falling apart. But we literally just covered both you and I, the Craven the Hunter trailer. And everything's back on the swing. I am feeling better about my life overall now. I right. think I'm ready to keep moving on and continue this YouTube yeah. legacy we have built. But speaking of that, we have four topics today uh, that I'm excited to dive into with you because we have Craven the Hunter that we're going to talk about since that trailer just dropped. So it's feeling fresh in the noggin. And then we have uh, Secret Invasion First Reactions from which surprise? i don't know your opinion on it did you you already saw no. it i'm assuming
0: i saw episode one so okay. when i'm doing breakdowns and stuff i don't like to jump too far ahead because one i forget everything um right. and then i have to go back and rewatch it anyway and two i like to do little theory times you know what i mean i like to yeah. come up with theories and use my imagination to guess what's going to happen whereas you know i don't want to drop a video and be like here's all the things that i think might happen <laughs> next time and yeah just turn out to be 100% right, even down to the clothes people are wearing. So I so like Paul to... says that
1: in this video, but we know, yeah. he knows he does. We know he does that. Yeah. And then, then, of course, we got to talk about, this did so much worse than we all thought, the Craven. Flash box office and what James Gunn ought to be doing next moving forward. Yeah. But my friend Paul, um, we only talked briefly on messaging about Craven the Hunter. Uh, I saw the Red Band trailer, got my video yeah. up. I what did you think about it?
0: I actually didn't see the Red Band trailer because it leaked. Everyone in my comment section, because I posted <laughs> the trailer breakdown about 10 minutes after the trailer released, and they were saying, how the hell did you get this up so quick? Um, and it's because a version of the trailer leaked on Twitter about the hour before. <sighs> Uh, So I just started working on that. And then I did see aspects of the the Red Band trailer. Obviously, I knew the whole thing was going to be R rated, And to be honest, did it really add that much? From what I saw, it was, you know, a couple of gory shots and that was it. Um, The Green Band trailer to me, just basing my opinion off that, it looked bad. It didn't look very good. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on with the lion biting him and turning him, giving him lion superpowers. like. Is that what happens in real life? They're treating it like it's a werewolf, where a lion bites you, and as long as you survive, you get given crazy lion powers. It's a
1: radioactive lion or some bullshit. (laughs) I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, wait a minute, what are they doing right now?
0: But you know, whenever they do this, I genuinely second guess whether my knowledge is actually up to scratch, because I... I, I to the best of my knowledge, Craven's not a meta human. He doesn't have any superpowered abilities. But then I see that and I start thinking, crap, is he actually? Because I have I'll be honest with you, I've not read every single comic of Cra- that features Kraven from the last sixty years. You know what I mean? I've, and there mm-hmm. might be one out there. But um yeah, just when I see stuff like that, I'm kinda of thinking, why have they changed it? And they've got the they've got the Morbius wall run that he does he, he's defying gravity at points, um, they've given it this supernatural twist ah, I don't know if it needs it, there's also a bit where these spiders dangle down and traumatise him in the forest and I'm thinking, is that why he's got such a, a dislike of Spider-Man because he had some spiders traumatise him in the forest, it's a bit weird It's all, it's Sony isn't it they can yeah. either make the best comic book movies of all time I'm talking across the Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse, the Raimi trilogy, you know what I mean? Or they could make the worst comic book movies of all time. And you know which ones they are. So yeah, I feel like this is going to fall into the latter, unfortunately. I'm sure it'll be alright, but wasn't that blown away by the Green Band trailer? And from what you've said, I'm guessing you enjoyed the Red Band a bit more.
1: I'll say this. I forgot I was watching the Red Band trailer, and and I'm pretty vocal when I'm doing my reaction to it because I'm having all the exact same thoughts that you are um, lamenting in this very moment, Paul, Mm. where the lion thing happened actually right away. I was like, okay, this feels like a Sony Marvel movie. And then the lion thing happened. I was like, what is going on? And it was just like Uh. laughing at what's happening when the violence kicked in though, that did do something for me because to me I've always thought, that even were like let there be carnage f- was failing it could have made up for it by having some really fun schlocky violence right just some cool yeah. gore and i thought the same thing about morbius that that could have helped elevate it to some extent and it looks exactly like a sony marvel movie i don't think it's going to be great i was I was relieved though, and I found myself having fun, so much fun with the fact that they're actually committing to the violence, because it, it doesn't, it really hampers it whenever they do try to make these edgy anti-heroes, these people who are like actual characters who take time, who start off as villains and then eventually are supposed to transition to anti-heroes, but they're just kicking them off right away with being anti-heroes. That it, it's a big distraction to me a lot of the time when they try to, they try to put do like the edgy pg-13 but you know that it's not edgy it's just that are just not doing the r rating and to commit to the r rating for this especially for craven while he's not going to be hunting animals he's going to be a protector of animals this time around at least when he's slaughtering humans that's going to be gory and bloody and it's not just like some of the blood the blood looks like cgi blood It, it looks schlocky and to me, I could actually see myself having fun with this one. Do you yeah. understand my my expectations are, and I, and I feel like you're probably the same way. I'm just a little more forgiving at this point because my expectations are so low for what to expect. It was kind of when I went into Morbius, I heard just the worst things that went, the time I watched it, I was like, yeah. eh, I had a little bit of fun. La- I had fun laughing at it. I didn't hate it <laughs> like everyone else did. I could see it's a terrible movie, but I had fun watching it. And I could see myself having more fun watching this. And I believe this director is the one who did Triple Frontier, which is an all right action movie. So okay. I have a little bit of I'm not going to say I have hope necessarily, but I, I i think it'll be more fun than what they did prior. It isn't you brought up the Spider-Verse movies and it is fascinating how they can pull off these mesmerizing animated films with not just mesmerizing you know, uh, animation, but stupendous storytelling on top of that. And yet,
0: stupendous, definitely.
1: And, and then on, uh, that's my new favorite word, I think. And then, uh, and then to see what they, what they do with these live actions, like why do all these yeah. live action ones look the exact same? <laughs> they, all, they all feel and look the exact same way, but yeah, Craven doesn't have an accent. There were things about it that, I'm not a massive Craven the Hunter fan, but my, with my familiarity with it, it's it's interesting that we're going to be getting Kraven in Marvel's Spider-Man 2, the game, which is a very accurate depiction. And then we're going to be getting this, this one. <laughs> so,
0: man. Man movie. man um, The man yeah. movie. I think but, that it is good that they are going R-rated with it because they must have looked at the box office for Morbius and they toned it down so that it would appeal to more people um, and it bombed. So they must just be thinking, look, just do R rating. It's probably actually going to make more money by being R rated because, you know, people are just going to want to go see it for all the blood and gore, which, I, yeah, I, I'm, I will go see it, obviously. You know, it's a, for some reason I keep going back to Sony movies and be like, I'll see it day one. Don't care if uh, even if I don't do a video, I'm going to do it day one. So yeah, I think it's probably a smart move by them. Wasn't blown away by the trailer. I think you can predict the entire plot from watching this. My guess is that his brother, who we see in the trailer, obviously he's the chameleon in the comics, guessing that he's going to be revealed to be the actual real villain behind things. But it's going to be weird, the whole half-human-animal-hybrid thing they're doing. And I really hope, right, I really hope they don't do this, but I know for a fact they're going to do it. They're going to make the brother an actual chameleon. Who mm-hmm. can shapeshift and and change into people? If they're going full on rhino metamorphosis and <laughs> lion gives you lion powers, I think that's the way they're gonna go. And I hope they don't. But we have so... an animal
1: world. I'm excited. Mm, yeah, I'm excited the to laugh at it. But we, you uh, got more in depth thoughts too on your video, as as do yeah, we. I got my koi genre bringing all that comic book knowledge. So. Yeah, you guys can go watch our videos for it. We got to talk about the actual good, juicy stuff. I mean, I feel like the one we're going to be spending the longest time on will probably be The Flash. Yeah. So let's talk about the secret invasion reactions. I did already uh, cover my, uh, I, I did. I had the privilege of being able to film my reactions early for the first two. So um, I do have my opinion formulated. I'll just say this. I, don't, I really don't, I have no idea what your opinion is. It's, it's actually kind of fun going in this. I have no idea what you thought. Yeah. Um, but I, I was before I give my opinion. I want to hear yours, and then I'll just no, follow you, suit with what do you think? Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, um, I, mean. I was surprised by how low the critic score was for this.
0: Yeah, me too. I
1: 100%. It, it was so it was it's like bordering on rotten, and mm. it's right there. And, and there was a there was a tidbit where it was there, and it was the first time where I did. I found myself going through the capsules being like wow I could not disagree more with a lot of the people who are really going against it talking about like Nick Fury's board um there's no it's not the fun marvel that we know I'm like these are all the things that people did complain about and I think that they are doing the opposite of what typical marvel is and yeah. it's actually doing it well versus Agreed. them just doing the opposite for opposites' sake. So, yeah, I mean, getting kind of hints of what you thought of the first episode, but, I mean, overall, what did you think about it?
0: Well, disclaimer, um, I have only seen episode one, so it's a bit difficult to judge an entire show of it, but I thought it was really good, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm very sick of the whole Marvel thing they've been doing for the last couple of years, where it's like, you can tell they're just improvising on set, and mm-hmm. just filming until they come up with something funny. And then they're like, right, we'll cut it down and make the scene with that bit. Doesn't have any of that in. Still, people are saying it's completely humorless. I, I disagree. There's an interrogation scene in it that's quite funny. um You know, Samuel L. Jackson, he's very, very charismatic in it, even when he's playing stoic parts. It is very serious as well. It's got a very good undertone to it. I started working on my breakdown today. Lots of really good things. Um, to talk about in it as well as you know it starts off with quite a big scene that there's a big reveal in it ends on a very big scene that there's a a really good thing that they close out on and in between as well one thing that marvel movies have uh, sorry marvel shows haven't really done in the past is that they've focused solely on the central character so if you think about like ms marvel or something you'll never cut to a scene where it's just the villains sitting about talking and, and planning things or you know one division it it took us up until episode 4 before we even saw anything with sword um hawkeye as well you know you didn't spend that much time with echo there's mm-hmm. there's always this she hulk i had no idea what was going on with todd in that uh the you know the other side of that we we barely saw the the villains in it at all um until much later in the season whereas here yeah, it's actually built like a tv show in the fact that you've got you're seeing different characters and and the way they operate and connect i thought the scroll stuff um that we get introduced to very you know there's an undertone to it you, you kind of get the feeling like oh these guys could really cause some serious issues and like i said lots of really good things happen in it um nick fury he is kind of you know with he does seem a bit worn out but i mean this is episode one obviously that i'm judging but i'm really intrigued and and i couldn't believe that score after watching the episode so the score drop uh so i knew you know what people's feelings were and then i watched it myself and then i was like hold on is that really what it is like yeah i loved it it's if you're into the winter soldier um marvel actually taking themselves seriously you know not just having characters who like i'm a complete moron because that's what a lot of heroes these days seem to be. It's like, how stupid can I be? Shazam, he's he acts... I know he's DC. But Shazam acted like a moron. Mm-hmm. Thor acts like a moron. You know, the Guardians do it, but they're they're that is part of their character. But I feel like a lot of heroes these days on both sides... The Flash as well, that's another example, where they're just being morons and just coming out with dumb stuff. And there's not those heroes anymore that you can really aspire to want to be so for example Tony Stark, you know he he's busting jokes but he's not the butt of the joke, whereas I feel like a lot of heroes these days they're making idiots of themselves so that you laugh at them whereas this show isn't doing any of that stuff and it's taking everything really seriously um it has you know jokes in but it's not at the expense of the characters. people aren't getting humiliated so that you laugh at them. It's taking it all seriously, the threat's really well placed in, and yeah. I thought it was good. You know, yeah. every character in this show, I feel some sort of attachment to. You know, you don't get introduced to that many, but the ones that you do, even the villains, I'm thinking, yeah, this this guy's killing it.
1: Yeah, i I agree. I'm glad. To, I'm I'm relieved to hear that. I'm glad we Thanks. see more eye to eye on this than Craven the Hunter trailer. Yeah, I the critics I, are I was, wrong <laughs> again. I was I was so surprised because this. You were talking about the humor. The, there is humor in it, but the humor comes from within the characters and their personalities. and they never yeah. feels like they're just making jokes for the sake of like doing a joke. It never feels like it's yeah. undercutting anything. And is there a lot of humor? No, but it just it feels very natural whenever it's there. It's like the way a, a real human being would have a, a sense of humor about things. And this show is more of a slow burn. and it, I, I liken it. I was. It's easy to watch the trailer and just think of, oh, it's kind of like going back to the Winter Soldier times. It's a little bit more espionage than even Winter Soldier because Winter Soldier yeah. still had more of that pulsating excitement, exciting action and crazy choreography that they would do. And maybe that'll come later down the road in the first two episodes. That's not really the case. To me, it, it was making me think more of like an old school espionage film. Mm. Um the like, all, what was that Dustin Hoffman? It wasn't an espionage film, but kind of reminded me of like that, like all the President's Men, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I got a lot of those vibes in there too. I don't know if you've seen those, but it has more of the that book. debate element uh, throughout it. And, and to me, it's very character driven at the same time. So while it's it's slow. It's not meandering. You know, it's, it's not the way of like, when you watch iron fist and you go, wow, this is slow and boring. That's not the case. They're really doing a lot of buildup here. And I think this is Samuel Jackson's best work as Nick Fury. The guy's so broken and they flesh him out so well. And especially to get one one of my favorite things about the first two episodes and it's demonstrated within the first episode, but when you watch the, the combination of the first two is um like I don't want to give any specifics away you see in the trailer that there's so many actors that are going to be in the show you know you got um Ben Mendelsohn Sam Jackson Don Cheetah John Cheetah Olivia Coleman and what I love is that you get genuine true scene work between them it doesn't just feel like they're showing up being charismatic or giving a couple lines like the scenes are so fleshed out that it's often like this this duel between them, this like cat and mouse game between them as they're talking. There's there's trajectory, there's growth within the scenes. There's there's problem solving. There uh, there's real investigating, and it's figuring each other out. It's so well done that I found myself. It's been a while since I've been like upset at a tomato score because <laughs> yeah, because people look at that and there doesn't even seem to be like any gray opinion within of the people who aren't recommending it. You know, sometimes you can g- kind of go through it, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Well, it, it, they they edge towards rotten, but it's not like entirely rotten. Uh, but it's, people, are, they, there's, these critics are like hating on it, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe they did because it's not it, it's not exactly like a super fun show. It's not, and, and but I, I think it's a it it's, takes itself serious, and it's it's intriguing, it's compelling, and there is the opening scene, like you were talking about without giving it away sets the groundwork so well of yeah i don't know who a scroll is but it the show doesn't solely rely on just that gimmick you know they, yeah, they really like yeah yeah it's not just about the mystery it really yeah. is about the characters um at the same time they do keep the plot moving forward and i could just if they stick the landing, I was like two episodes in, I was like, if they stick the landing, this might be the best Disney plus show that they've done. And, and then to see, uh, see what the response was. I was like, I can't, I don't disagree. I I feel like there's a lot of logic and sound reasoning behind, you know, a lot of times the, the thing people fall back on is, you know, uh, like, Oh, you're just a, you know, if, if we're defending it is, like you're just the shill, and no, that's bad storytelling. And you're just looking at it because it's fun. And I'm like, I wouldn't even say this show is fun. Uh, I, I like it for how compelling it is, and how this is the kind. It, it feels like cable television, you know. So yeah, the yeah, like
0: times for the characters. You really mm-hmm. feel the threat of it. And I, yeah. yeah, I was, uh, I really enjoyed that that episode. My wife fell asleep, but it was late on. To be fair, so maybe that's an indication of the general audiences. But if i i I really enjoyed it um you yeah. know my people keep saying i'm a negative nancy when it comes to disney plus shows because i tend to have my criticisms for them but you know i would rather watch something like this over the those comedies in quotation marks that we've had where some stuff's funny but you know it, it's just kind of very low-key and whereas this feels like an actual proper threat yeah. i feel like something bad could definitely happen here and you get that from the first episode there's two very big scenes that happen in it and yeah you, you just kind of get the feeling like, oh crap there's a, a, almost an, like you know the dark knight uh, it's not on the dark knight level but you know how there's that gradual build throughout mm-hmm. the dark knight and you constantly get that feeling of dread as it ramps mm-hmm. up and the longer things go on you kind of get that feeling with this as well where it starts off very low key you know the the scene has been shown um on youtube they they dropped the first five minutes of it they didn't show some of the things that go into it but it starts off kind of low-key with just two characters meeting and then things just build from there and get worse and worse and worse and then once you meet the villains as well they really help to give the idea that there's a threat here it's not just kind of incels trying to embarrass she hulk and steal her powers you know what i mean these are people who have genuine reasons as well for why they feel let down and To me, the scrolls in this are like the really good version of the flag smashers, and by that I mean you can kind of appreciate why they're doing what they do, and almost be like, "Oh man, these these guys are quite dangerous." Yeah, because the whole thing is just like you don't know who could be a scroll, and it's not guilty of what a lot of Marvel shows have done, where they kind of tease a villain. Like I remember they had a scene with Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin that was originally supposed to be in episode three of hawkeye Mm -hmm. but they were so used to doing these things where it's like oh no if we tease a villain and have the the person working behind the scenes controlling it all like we saw with wandavision you know the audience is going to come back and they're going to speculate and come back week to week and they did the same thing with the power broker as well and then they purposely edited kingpin out of hawkeye to kind of get people to come back they haven't done that here the mystery is still like oh who, who do we trust but it's not like a it doesn't feel like they're cutting things out to make you come back the next week. Everything's on screen here and you're, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to figure things out. Really, really enjoy that first episode. Probably by episode four, we'll be like, oh, same old, same old. Uh, they're dropping the ball. Negative yeah. Nancy back. But we'll see. <laughs> I am excited to see how it goes and I'm looking forward to covering it uh, for the next six weeks.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. can't. W- I, I'm excited to see you hit trending all the time. For the next six Mm -hmm. weeks. But on the complete opposite spectrum, we had a very, very, very different kind of comic book property come out. Um, And we we already did our last podcast talking about how it's looking like it's going to flop. And... (laughs) Who did worse than did a lot worse than a lot of people projected it would. Usually that goes up a little bit. And this went down like significantly. And that is, of course, with the flash. Uh it opened to just like 55 million in the states, which is Hmm. way under projections. they were supposed to they were projecting like 65 to 75 million. And there's a lot of things that can factor into it, um, and then the other side of it that one thing that we were really—I think the thing we spent the most time talking about was how are—because we know what it's like to be plugged into this specific zeitgeist on the internet, and then, you know, the what the movie sphere is often talking about, or we're factoring in, like, Ezra Miller and connected universes and all these things, and would this affect general audiences— and then when I saw that the Rotten Tomatoes audience score was like eighty five percent, I was like, "Oh my god, this might be bad." Then I looked it up, and the Cinema Score is a B, which is the lowest out of the DC films, and that surprised me. I didn't think it would actually come in as as the lowest of the like. I think that I think a Cinema Score is more reliable to see what audiences think and feel than in Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Uh, so the Cinema Score was much more indicative of. Oh this is just not clicking with people. <laughs> this is just yeah. not going over. That well. I I thought that this would actually be perceived in a in a more positive light amongst audiences at least a B plus. Uh and apparently it's just not it's not driving. So this yeah. probably not going to have legs. Uh what are your thoughts on this man? <laughs> How do
0: you feel well, Honestly, this is- right? And like I, I'm quite a big Snyder fan. I'm not going to mm-hmm. harass you online yet. If you, I'm not going to spend my days arguing with you about Zack Snyder's movie and trying to force you to enjoy them. But I enjoy his films. And I do think they mishandle a lot of things. I was excited to see Henry Cavill back. Obviously, stuff happened with that. He, he got kicked to the curb. He didn't get fired, according to the stories, but he didn't get hired. Um,. You know, we had the things with Wonder Woman and a lot of the things that I was starting to get invested in and feel like, oh, maybe they're turning things around again. Like Ben Affleck appearing in Aquaman 2, I was thinking, you know what, they're, they're they're going back to this. They dropped the ball with that, and I just thought, oh, man, like, I just can't be bothered with these movies. I hope, you know, they flop. But to, honestly, seeing what's happened with The Flash in Warner Brothers, it actually makes me feel pretty sad when i saw that 55 million number of it was like they they did a point 1 so it was like 55.1 million i'm like oh that that point 1's doing a lot of work there and i just felt bad cuz obviously warner brothers they're in a lot of financial trouble as it is and i actually went back right and i looked at all of the dceu movies since aquaman there's i think there's been seven or eight since then and they've all lost money none of the dceu films since aquaman have made over 400 million dollars and that's not you know that's box office gross that's not even taken into account how much they spend on the money how much marketing costs so things like birds of prey suicide squad wonder woman 84 shazam um shazam 2 the flash obviously and i'm sure there's something else in there that I'm... black adam there we go so so that's seven it's did worse that than walled... black adam
1: it's the worse yeah
0: None of those hit four hundred over 400 million, which is absolutely crazy. To have that many flops in a row, it's telling you that people aren't interested in this at all. And I'm starting to guess that if you total up the number that the DCUs cost, that it's lost them more than it's made. Mm-hmm. Because there's just been so many bombs back to back. Um, and i think in general this is going to have a massive effect on the industry i think studios are going to start to tighten their budgets on these films going forward they're big risks at this point because they're spending a lot and if they don't make it back that is a big problem um and i just feel like it's sad that it's turned out this way but when you keep going for quantity like this which the studios are doing they're trying to do as many comic book movies as they can because they used to be the big bankable things you're going to run into these issues and i think james gunn just needs to hard reset everything we'll talk about this more later on but there's clearly not the interest there with the audience and it's it's crazy to me that there's been seven flops like that in a row like absolutely crazy do you remember back in the day before shared universes we're in our 30s so we remember movies yeah if you did a movie and it did well it got a sequel if you did if the sequel did terrible they didn't make a third film, right? That was it. The franchise was over. And they're so invested in these shared universes at the moment that even when stuff's bombing, they're still like, no, we have to keep making more. We have to we have to keep striking until we, we get a home run. And it's like, mate, just read the writing on the wall. No one's... Like, Aquaman 2 is not going to do well. Blue Beetle, don't think that's going to do well. I think studios are just too tied to their shared universes at this point that someone at warner brothers should have realized by the the second or third flop something's going on here we need to pump the brakes sort everything out mm-hmm. and instead there's like they're still going I, I get they canceled batgirl they probably saw what was going to happen with that but for it to do this badly it's absolutely crazy now why do you think the main issues are obviously number one it, ezra miller is going to be given a lot of blame for this but i personally don't think that it's all on their shoulders. I, I just don't think the blame falls solely at their feet. I
1: don't think audiences give a I don't think general audiences care as much about the Ezra Miller stuff as most of us yeah. do here in this in this field. I, I don't think so. Um I don't feel like most of them are like aware. <laughs> like they they might hear something, but they don't really keep up with the details of these things, unless you're like mm-hmm. a, a super invested fan. And, and even, even with that, I still feel like, even if you, I'm sure there are people who have decided I'm not going to watch it because of Ezra Miller. Yeah. I, regardless of whatever your opinion is, or whoever's listening to this, it's, I think it's pretty obvious. Most people will still watch it. And like, they won't let that have, be the determining factor on whether or not they're going to watch it. I could see it being, I did not like the flash character, Uh, I didn't like the way Ezra Miller portrayed the Flash, so I don't care to watch this movie (laughs) because, you know, like Justice League, if you think about it, you know, I don't really know for general audiences how many of those people saw Justice League, the Joss Whedon version, and then heard about Zack Snyder's Justice League and went, all right, all right. I'll go and watch that. I don't know how many of those yeah. people converted to watching that to go, wow, Ezra Miller's so much better here. I will I'm interested now in the Flash. And I think that yeah. I think that was confusing in marketing for people where the universe the, the way this universe has been built up has been just so iffy and all over the array of it has been all over the place and it's it's heavily reliant on this the trailers rely on the nostalgia for, for Man of Steel, but then they're also telling audiences that Man of Steel doesn't matter anymore because Henry Cavill's not around. <laughs> and yeah, and then they're confused by the Batman of, of what's going on there. And I'm wondering how much the nostalgia for Michael Keaton's truly holds up for people. I, I don't, I think, well, obviously, I think box office numbers yeah, are indicative of it, that, that it doesn't yeah. really hold up as strong for Michael Keaton because I think our standard of superhero has really uh, like Michael Keaton. I've never said is is my favorite Batman. Like I've I've always enjoyed Michael Keaton, but I've 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 more preferred the movie world he inhabits more than I prefer the Michael Keaton portrayal of Batman. And, and yeah. Batman has become so definitive on on what's required to be Batman. You know, with um you know the body build and uh, the body movement, uh, so. It's like cool to see him, but it is like, eh, my old guy Michael Keaton's playing bad. Like, I, there was, a, I thought that, I thought W, in all honesty, I feel like WB did the absolute best they could with their marketing for this. 100%. Film. Yeah.
0: They, yeah
1: 100%. They, gave, they gave it their all. They did, like, they, they were like, all right, well, we got a lot working against us. We got Ezra Miller. We got James Gunn, who's trying to make it sound like that this movie does matter. And, and James Gunn is giving this, like, proud thing, but him saying that, you know, we're going to be resetting everything does make it feel inconsequential and they really did their best i thought they delivered great trailers uh overall the trailers were very exciting what they did at the end of the day though they it's they still did not convey that this is a a movie you must watch this is a movie you you need to see at the end of the day and yeah you know most people are willing to wait now unless i i I thought that people who did go to the theaters and catch the trailers might want to see it but perhaps the the spectacle of it still did not look all that entirely uh, enticing as and as a must watch to see on, on the big screen because that's I thought yeah, maybe yeah. the visual experience would do it. But then but then I think the word of mouth on the other side of it that I'm thinking about too for for general audiences is that the the you know f- a big part of like a, a justification to go to the theaters now is for spectacle and what does the spectacle feel like and look like and the most common consensus about the CGI. You know, bad. is that it's terrible. It's <laughs> and I think that yeah. word of mouth just spread like wildfire that it doesn't look good. <laughs> you know, so you don't need to see it on the big screen because the CGI doesn't look that good. So you you can just wait. Uh yeah. And if it's not it's a bummer for the for the film, but it's I, I thought it, I really did think it would do a little bit better.
0: Uh yeah, I thought it would do way better. Yeah. I think obviously that with the marketing, you know, we're we're saying it's not Ezra's fault, but obviously it doesn't help the movie either. That they can't promote it either. Yeah, and Ezra can't do any of the marketing for the film. So they obviously had to do lots of weird things like let Tom Cruise come see the movie early. Uh, James Gunn constantly saying it's... I listened to the Michael Rosenbaum podcast with him last week and he Mm -hmm. didn't even say it's the greatest comic book movie of all time he said it's one of the greatest movies of all time yeah which uh, and they kind of over marketed the entire thing i think they had so many early screenings and giving away basically seats for free for months and months and months and the difficulty is when you have the hype and the reactions lift so early that it's difficult to maintain that until the film releases because you know the the reactions have came out oh everyone's excited and then how do you keep that that buzz up for, for months? It's so difficult to do it because the internet, you know, things come and da- Like, you'll have a massive show on the internet. We'll be doing videos on it. We'll be getting a million views per episode breakdown on something like House of the, the Dragon, you know what I mean? And then once it ends, two weeks later, you try and make a House of the Dragon video. It bombs. Yeah, You'll be very surprised at how quickly interest in something dies off. And that was clearly the case in this movie. With the how early they did the the hype, you you've also like you said before, you know Zack Snyder's Justice League. I absolutely love the film, but I know a lot of people think it's just a four-hour version of the 2017 film because even if you go back and watch that, it's still got directed by Zack Snyder on it. So people kind of probably just think it's like a director's cut of that, even though the tone's completely different. A lot of the scenes are completely different. It's obviously got two hours more stuff which is like a whole movie of extra content people don't really understand that and i think to them they think that the flash is a sequel to that two that the flash is basically a character from that 2017 movie who is sort of also a character from the this thing on hbo max or whatever and it's starring a problematic actor who is playing a character that they don't really like that much and you know there's a tv version of this character that's a lot more popular and there's so much stuff going on and even selling it on batman that i mean there's, there's people who this should have been dc's no way home but it didn't even it didn't have that stature to it because you had michael keaton coming back you had ben affleck coming back you had gal gadot but Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Jamie Fox, Thomas Hayden Church. Maybe he's not a big, massive office box office draw. You know what I mean? But that you had far more heavy hitters and big names in No Way Home. And then yeah, it's just Michael Keaton he's obviously not as popular as we perceive him to be because the the kids are not down with him. That I think if they'd got Bale back, it would have been way bigger oh my god it would have been uh, astronomical
1: it would have been massive yeah yeah
0: they didn't so you're kind of dealing with michael keaton who he's an older batman you know maybe the kids aren't fully down with him but he's kind of carrying the entire thing on his shoulders like a lot of the the push for the flash is go see michael keaton back as batman and maybe people just aren't interested in that like they're clearly not so yeah i also think that superhero fatigue in general played into this massively you know we've seen this across the board all year where superhero movies have been underperforming and the multiverse in general is becoming a bit of a tired concept we've had no way home obviously that was massive doctor strange in the multiverse of madness pretty good but you could start to see a decline then you had obviously um across the spider versus released earlier this month brilliant movie sucked a lot of the wind out of the room in terms of what the flash was going to do and you also have big oscar winning films you know best picture winner everything everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. we've had a number of multiverse movies so far that have all either done really well at the box office or they've been critically acclaimed and then this just feels like oh they're doing the multiverse thing again rather than be like we've got a fresh take on it you know it's just kind of oh we're bringing back old actors and there's a a character who can travel the multiverse and you're going to see some cameos which they leaked online as well. Greg what were your thoughts on those cameos? I don't think I've spoke to them. I spoke <laughs> to you about it. What what did you think? Cuz I'm I was very uh
1: I don't like I, them. I
0: wouldn't, yeah, hated it. Um it was, you're, like, you're it talking about
1: all. the uh like I mean we could just talk spoilers right you're talking about like the in the in the multi, what is it called <laughs> what is that thing called the core, core or something with the
0: chrono the- Chronoball. If you don't yeah. want spoilers for so- if you've somehow managed to avoid all of the spoilers which were posted out of context on twitter which was another thing that was against this film obviously that big clip of the flash microwaving a baby yeah. that blew up and got reported by a lot of things even though it was reversed uh, but it, it's weird anyway putting like a baby in a microwave anyway so You know, there was weird stuff going on there. But obviously, the the cameos have been spoiled everywhere. I knew about them before seeing the movie because they were posted all over Twitter because Warner Brothers decided to hold thousands and thousands of screenings and not get people to sign NDAs and just invited everyone. And obviously, the general public. They're not like us. They're not like us classy critics, Greg. They'll, uh, They'll just go into secret screenings and film stuff on their phones. So yeah, what were your thoughts on the cameos?
1: You know, the thoughts in the cameos actually led me to think about another reason why this might not work. So my quick thoughts on the on why, on why this movie might not just appeal to people. So mm. quick thoughts on the cameos. Um, the, the At the end, I, I am not... I've seen it twice, and both audiences uh, freak out when Christopher Reeve shows up, um, Nick Cage shows up. Uh, and to George Reeve, which, which is pretty controversial for a lot of reasons. Um, I don't freak out because it just doesn't look real to me. It, 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 they just animated them in there. And they're, they're not even going to like a line. You know, they don't feel like an actual yeah. character at all. I think the Nick Cage one is is the coolest one of them all but whenever it does the face reveal it just pulls me out yeah it it doesn't feel tangible and supposedly nick cage did actually shoot something for it and i'm like well then why didn't you have him say something that way it feels like authentic in some way versus just superman cutting to hit superman doing something and then superman just watching bad things happen without Mm -hmm. actually getting involved like they don't feel like characters there and it's just this it's 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 in some ways a cooler looking version of the email exchange and BVS that everyone bitched about with, you know, opening up these files, (laughs) but at least they were there. This is like, they're, they're just animated. Any YouTuber, could just animate something into there. And the, and on top of that, the animation looked terrible. It it didn't look good at all. So when I was hearing that Nick Cage was in there, I was, that he actually filmed something that shocked me. Because it felt like they just could have put anyone there, and then thinking about cameos, I think they tease in the trailers that Zod is supposed to be like a an actual villain uh, um in this movie and I get like the actual villain of the movies like time and consequences or whatever, but in terms of like the physical human uh he, um uh you know I'm getting at like the physical threat with being Zod he is just a glorified cameo and and I hated the way Zod was handled in here. I, I thought Zod. I got. I got kind of a, a, a trickle effect here. Where I'm going with this point, I felt like Zod really needed a bit of a Thanos treatment of what they did in Avengers Endgame. Uh, not a, yeah, with Endgame because in Endgame, you know, Thanos dies, but then they reintroduce Thanos to reset up the threat. That way, when he shows back up in the finale, it still has stakes and it still has tension, and you the the threat is so palpable. Where here, it's it's just, it really r- relies on you being like, knowing Man of Steel so fresh in your mind, like as if you just watched it, so that way you can feel the threat that's all being developed off screen. And for a while, I, I actually had to question if Michael Shan was actually there. And as this ripple effect is going backwards, it made me go, Man of Steel at least had an origin tale, and it had an Azad origin tale. And I think when you're seeing the trailers for Flash, it's relying so much on Barry changing the past and the consequences of that and him interacting with his younger self. And that I don't think is like, we understand what's going on because we know the story of Barry Allen and maybe perhaps people who've watched the television show know the story of Barry Allen, but that's relying on a lot of people knowing the other IP of of like comics or, or a show. I think when you're watching like the trailers for this, it's not that exciting because we didn't get to experience the origin of this Barry Allen on screen. So to then do the, it goes back to the exact thing that people were already apprehensive about with doing a flashpoint adaptation right away is that they did not build to a flashpoint adaptation. They just hop straight to flashpoint. And then they're like, they're make, I I thought it worked within the movie of, of going to the past and understanding what Barry Allen's history is. Uh, but the audiences didn't get to experience that. So it's not exciting when you do that. It's like it's the same thing with, it's imagine they just like hop to end game and then they're going to like New York city and these other things in 2012, but we didn't get to experience that. So it's not, it, it, the reason that it's effective in end games is because that's exciting that we're going back to something we already experienced and we're watching how these things are being revised and changed. And you don't get that with audiences in this movie. So I yeah. think actually hopping straight to flashpoint might've been their biggest mistake with handling the flash on the big screen
0: yeah i definitely agree i think i'm actually working on a video at the moment uh called dear hollywoods st- please stop doing this and it's just talking about bringing dead actors to for cameo points i think we've kind of you know hit the point now where you're just desecrating their grave and, and bringing them back to life so in in the video i basically talk about all the times that you know the history of bringing back dead actors and how it started uh, the first real instance i could find was game of death with bruce lee mm-hmm. who sadly passed away during the, the making of the film and they had to use body doubles cardboard cutouts of him and and edit him into the film and they've actually filmed parts of bruce's real life funeral uh f- yeah for a scene that. in which the character fakes his own death and that's kind of getting into the morally gray area now that you then you know jump ahead a couple of years couple of decades you get to things like gram off talking and and mm-hmm. the reason you know whenever i bring up doing dead bringing back dead celebrities they, they always say oh well you don't get mad about disney doing it in rogue one i feel that there, there's a character there mm-hmm. it's integral to the plot it makes sense you know paul walker it mm-hmm. the ending of fast and fast and the furious seven that's a tribute to him it actually mm-hmm. feels like they're doing something whereas here it's just a case of flashing them on screen just so easily manipulated audiences point and go wow wow look at the it's on it's the p- person i loved like i could easily get a, a picture of christopher reeve deep fake it and have him flash on screen right now it doesn't, it doesn't mean he's actually in our video, you know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. They haven't really done the work there, and when it, it just looks so bad. I think you're completely right about the camera movements as well. There's something weird about it where it goes to their face and then spins around, and it's just like it looks so unnatural even from the way the camera moves, and I, I just found it really disrespectful. Obviously, George Reeves is another mm-hmm. thing where the actor was – superman ruined his life basically he went into a massive depression off the back of it and there's no way he consented to this he doesn't have children he when he was making superman there's no way he would have even been able to imagine being brought back through computers and put into a film like this so it feels like there's no way he could have consented when it comes to people like harold Ray missing ghostbusters afterlife he at least wanted to make ghostbusters 3 you know he worked on it for years never got it off the ground and they built the movie up as a tribute to him whereas this it just feels like they've just said you know can you make the cgi character look like christopher reeves and george reeves yeah we can cool Uh, how does it look it doesn't look that good mate it looks a bit ps3 can i work on it longer nah just just put it in anyway and it just it just you, you sat there looking at the bad effect, thinking about that more than the actor. Uh, it's it's like when they they unveil a statue of of someone and you know the statue's really bad. You yeah. don't think, oh wow, what a, what a touching tribute. You think, nope, that statue looks terrible. Yeah. So that that's how I felt about it, and I, I completely agree about Zod as well. Um, I think Thanos in Endgame, the one that comes back at the end, actually feels like a bigger threat because he's younger. he knows the future he knows how to go around things he just wants to kill everyone this time instead of just half the universe that feels really good whereas zod they kind of dropped the ball with the villain of this movie and couldn't really promote it as much as they could have if they'd actually written one specifically for the film one thing that i don't get why they didn't do is have barry see the reverse flash kill his mother I don't because, know why
1: Barry doesn't even try to see who killed his. Like, yeah, it boggles like, my mind. Like, you just after you drop after you fix the cans, try to see who killed your mom. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, like you're in in the present day, you're trying to get your dad freed for, from the murder of your mother. Yeah, surely knowing this will help in that court case. Like knowing that. Now, I did give the the movie an eight out of ten. I said in my review, I'm kind of going between a seven and an eight but i'm gonna round it up because i feel good coming out of the film i'm sure when i rewatch it i'll enjoy it but just as i've had more time to think about it and seen everything it's just it has kind of dampened the experience for me and the the way they're sort of going with the future of the dcu as well i'm starting to think i'm not that confident about what's coming down the line and that kind of takes us into our next topic is james gunn doing the right thing i personally think the guy has blown it a number of times i think he shouldn't have said anything about these movies no longer mattering before they'd actually released i think that was a stupid thing to do to come out and be like look we're starting a new dcu it's all this stuff we're 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 kind of brushing it to the side but make sure you go see those movies some stuff's gonna matter some stuff's not i think that was a very very stupid thing to do and it's potentially cost them hundreds of millions of dollars I, I think gun needs to learn to just not announce things when he doesn't need to and it's the case with annie Machietti as well they've announced him as the brave and the bold director before even seeing how this movie does and seeing how it's received which is absolutely crazy like there's no you have, have has that story even blown up that much it's not really went down you know it's not broke the internet i think they needed to just hold things off take it easy see how stuff goes and then announce it like saying blue beetle is the first hero in the dcu he, he said that and that you have no idea how the film's gonna go like how can you walk that back if it's bad grace randolph did a brilliant video on it just talking about all the ins and outs of it and she that was one of the points she made was you it's gonna be difficult to walk that back if blue beetle does badly you're starting it's like when they started off phase five with Ant man quantum mania starting off on the wrong foot if it goes badly
1: yeah i think they should really for blue beetle because they have that line about batman and stuff in there and i think it should just not rely on any of that <laughs> like no you gotta come make people not think about any of that moving forward I love the. I mean, I, I did love the podcast he did with Michael Rosenbaum. Um, I listened yeah, to the good. whole thing yesterday. I was working on some thumbnails, and I still have faith. Like, if if there's anything that I have the most faith in, what James Gunn's going to do, the way he talks about his craft, the way he's been crafting Superman, that is the thing that I'm actually. I, it has completely made me because I, you and I have talked about it even even here about how we're not entirely sure if James Gunn is the right person you know to do to to helm to actually helm the movie himself yeah that podcast and understanding a little bit more of his intent and how he approaches things and what allowed him to actually you know decide to pull the trigger on him doing it that gave me that reinst it's a great if you haven't heard it guys you should listen to it, it, it it's a great podcast and it actually gets really personal too about uh his mindset and life and I, I thought it was really insightful and introspective so, yeah, I mean, I think moving forward, the way they – because obviously a big controversial thing been coming out was that they changed the ending of this, where it was originally Michael Keaton in The Flash, and then Supergirl was supposed to be there. I believe Henry Cavill was supposed to be a Wonder Woman. It was supposed to be a whole big thing at the very end. And um they changed that, which I think was for the good, so that way you don't have to worry about anything else for <laughs> Flash coming forward. The, the, the question it was raising was like – is this mean George Clooney will be Andy Muschietti's Batman? I don't think so.
0: I think yeah, that was just, just
1: some, I think that was just a joke.
0: Um, yeah, it was, but it's just so confusing. Like, yeah, I'm with why you. end on that note? If so, is Ezra Miller and co. are they just off in the George Clooney verse? That's somewhere off in the multiverse where it's not really connected, but they're living their life with all the guys who love messing around and joking.
1: I mean, you brought this up in your video, too, and I thought it as well. I was like, I thought George Clooney was the same Batman as Michael Keaton, yeah. but apparently not. And uh, Coy was telling me that they had the Alfred line because the Alfred is the, the thing that stays constant in the spaghetti. I'm like, this is just <laughs> this is too much. I don't, I don't care. I'll just, yeah. I'll just separate the two. What James Gunn needs to do is because this goes back to a point you were making earlier about all the DCEU movies bombing. The, th- the only ones that did not bomb were the ones yes. not connected to the DCEU. Joker Batman. and the Batman. And I think that whatever he does, especially for Superman, I think that's going to be the best. It made, seeing the trajectory of the box office, it made the most sense to me now why they had to start fresh. And as much as I wanted to see Henry Cavill carry on, I feel bad for him and like I've, I've expressed the sentiment so much of the time and it really is a bummer. And the way the handling of him is awful. Like it can't be reiterated enough. And it really is awful. You're looking at it from a business standpoint and the way the films are going and everything. And you want to, and you want to make a clear cut universe. Yeah. Starting with the most like one, like next to Batman, of course, but the most iconic symbol of them all is being Superman with the DC universe. And then that, Getting a new face, a new thing, everything new. You get that trailer. It's just it's instantly communicating for even general audiences. This is brand new. This is a brand new start, and that trailer needs to communicate everything that like so much comes down to the trailers. And that trailer needs to communicate literally everything that James Gunn sets out to do with the movie and the and the good story comes first because even if the movie doesn't isn't a huge Isn't huge on opening and needs to have the best goddamn word of mouth so that way it could still have legs and box office numbers for a while. Blue Beetle saying it's the first, I could still see, I could see Blue Beetle carrying on and whatever interconnectivity there is. If Blue Beetle is even, I'm saying even if Blue Beetle ends up being a flop, the character could still carry on, and and Jaime Reyes can still carry on in in other ways, and whether it be crossovers or in the Booster Gold show or whatever, like he could somehow still exist and be there it's similar to the Hulk and how he had a solo movie and now he just shows up in other people's shit. So I could see why you can confidently be like, no, I still want uh, Cholo to be, is it Cholo? It's for him to be uh, Jaime Reyes and stick around. But the first official one being the DCU Superman. Yeah. Uh, I think everything's going to come down to that. Whenever that trailer comes out, like after Aqu- yeah. Aquaman, Aquaman two is the last one, right? So after Aquaman and two, then a- they just need a break. I think it's
0: Creature Commandos.
1: Creature Commandos like is the first. first. A t- I don't think they're going to be as... Stupid. That's not That's as...
0: B- that is stupid, let's be honest. It's... Launching a universe with Creature Commando as your first... An animated movie is your first film when you're doing a live-action audience. Uh, live-action universe. It's pretty stupid. I mean, they're saying they're doing lots of great animation styles with it. It might be the next into the Spider-Verse. Sure. But... It's launching a universe with that to me. It's stupid. I think you know the writing's on the wall. We talked about this earlier in the the video. Seven films since Aquaman, nine DC films altogether. The seven that bombed were connected to the the DC EU. The right. two that didn't are off doing their own thing. This shows you that you don't need to rely on the DC EU, and in fact, it's yeah. probably going to hold the movie back. So. like i said the writing is on the wall there the successful ones are off doing their own thing they're not connected to this so you don't need it just cut it off i think gun should hard reboot everything i think unfortunately he's going to have to make some tough choices and get rid of his own characters but he doesn't seem to want to so peacemaker's coming back waller's coming back you're still going to have these ties to that old universe which I, i think they need to be severed and I love the DCEU, I've had fun 10 years watching it, but at this point, it's not bringing the audience, in fact it's likely just putting people off and I think as long as you're tied to that, it's going to hold you back so please, gun, just cut it off, start again If launch with Superman as its own thing, the same way that Matt Reeves launched with the Batman the same way that Todd Phillips launched with Joker, just launch with its own thing and build out from there yeah.
1: I think the mistake that happens a lot of times people take the wrong lessons from things that are successful. I mean, we saw studios do yep. it constantly. DC is a big victim of it too. With after seeing Marvel, they're like, "We just shared universe." Keep telling people that. <laughs> just keep, just yeah. keep keep honing it on a shared universe. And James you know said it in the, the podcast. I'm sorry.
0: You know, what I was thinking the other day. Everyone slags DC off for being too dark and stuff, but if you look at all the the movies that have done well for DC, they're all dark movies. Yeah, I think people just genuinely want this tone from DC that they, they try and go for the. Well, I suppose Aquaman, obviously, that's not really a dark film. That and Wonder Woman's not. They're they're kind of the exceptions to the rule. But every time DC actually does a very dark film, it does well. Well, Dark Knight think... trilogy, original Batman stuff, the Batman Joker, all did well dark dark films they don't need to do this thing that marvel's doing
1: well i i think because you just brought up aquaman and I, I feel like the people who are already going to comment this retort are not going to make it this far but how we were talking about how oh people you know like the flash was in freaking justice league and that was forever ago and and no one really liked it and and then they were bringing the Flash back, but aquaman did so well and that was from the same movie aquaman yeah. was still A, Aquaman was more recent in release to that. And B, if you go back to those trailers for Aquaman, it was still like, this is different. This is unique. This is something that we haven't seen before. And it had this worldwide appeal because of this crazy world and universe that it was building. It was so strange. (laughs) And I think when you look at like the Batman, as many Batman things as we got, that trailer was it had a vision it had a distinct voice about it joker same exact thing it's not just the fact that these characters are there like yes it's easy to go well it's because it's batman and joker but i really think a lot of it also comes down to the fact of what this trailer's communicated and like that's the thing working against blue beetle i think is that at the end of the day like it looks really fun it doesn't look exactly like hyper unique if it looks like a um derivative of a lot of other comic book movies already like yeah. it looks cool it looks like a lot of it looks fun to me but it doesn't look a hundred percent unique and even if you think about that first man of steel trailer like wow this is a very different superman this looks interesting mm. and i think james Gunn's dcu every one of their new movies, like the movies i think are going to be more of a testament to how this is going to pan out than creature commandos because a lot of people are not just going to care to tune in for the show. Might have good word of mouth, whatever. But I, I, I agree. It's not the smartest first step to be looked. This is the first official launch. I think Superman will be a bigger testament than anything else. And it, that's what needs to be... That's why I keep going back to that trailer is that that's what needs to communicate is that this has to have a vision to it and not just feel familiar. And I think at the end of the day, the Flash movie trailers relied so much on familiarity like that's the whole point of the trailers. Zod, super uh Man of Steel, Batman, you know, everything about it was solely reliant on familiarity instead of something unique where even the Guardians 3 trailer felt more unique. Uh the the Spider it's Spider-Verse. Like how it does it get more unique than that, you know? And and that's the main thing that I think we really need right now. Like even Shazam Fury of the Gods the trailers felt generic
0: and passable. Yeah, really bad.
1: So I remember yeah.
0: watching that thinking, I've literally seen this film seven times before. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just a hero losing their powers, kind of getting them back. It's, yeah, doing generic superhero stuff. And I, I think Gunn, I, I think creatively he has the, the right mind state to be able to do it. I just don't think that he's a very good Hollywood exec. I don't, even just arguing with people on Twitter, I, it feels like someone's had a word with him And that he started to rein it in a bit because there's not really been that many rumors debunked. And it's gotten to the point where, did you see the the Superman legacy auditions were announced the other day? Yeah. Uh, The people who they were were currently casting. Gunn didn't come out and debunk it. And the fact that he's debunked so many rumors in the past now makes the ones that he doesn't debunk seem legitimate because he's not outdoing it and that's the thing with kevin feige you'll never see him pop up on twitter and argue with someone like josh over our Denim nerds you know I, I i would speak to the guy all the time um and i was laughing when he got dunked on by gun i was going ah oh, you idiot he's just embarrassed you but looking back i don't really think that a, a ceo of a studio should be tweeting josh from Denim nerds making fun of him for like living in his mom's basement and stuff you know what i mean it just uh, it distracts from the product and the biggest issue that dc's had is the drama there's been constantly just headlines about how badly the studio is mishandling things ezra made things worse obviously well i don't even know if it was so much ezra it's just kind of the the aura and i mean a lot of those stories are getting debunked now and and things like that and it's obviously the press is going to just pick up on the things that they're hearing and, and try and make the biggest story out of them because it's going to get them clicks and they know that dc is an easy target because of this due to the fact of how much mismanagement there is and how many times executives say one thing and then do the other and there's such a bad atmosphere and air around dc at the moment that i really hope the matt reeves i hope he doesn't get involved with this at all hope he just makes his little batman films off to the side it's really you know High high, high quality art project starring Batman off to the side. I hope he keeps doing that because he's managed to avoid it. Uh, And I think Gunn needs to learn the lessons of what's worked and realize that the fan base is there. They're just not interested in this big connected universe. (coughs) Are you okay, Paul? I I was going to finish my point there, but I coughed. I would, I would have just been talking rubbish anyway let's be honest james Gunn didn't watch this show uh but yeah go on, if you're watching it mate just there's no there's no reason to keep things tied into it make a hard choice back girl the whole thing and say look this is damaging the brand having these constant bombs back to back it makes the audience less interested in the next one because they're not getting interested in the first film you just need to cut it there launch with superman legacy say this is a brand new thing you've never seen it before not connected to that new universe it's its own thing we're bringing them back baby soups is back well
1: they needed to do i thought with the way he's talked about how flash would restart the universe and be essentially like a segue into what we're getting maybe it's aquaman 2 i don't know i I thought they were going to do what flashpoint did in the comics which was yeah we're really resetting this shit now yeah and it, it doesn't it does not end on that note at all. It, it just makes it a little bit more questionable. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, that like there there could have been a way where you you could, but the more you separate from it, as sad as it is, that's the only way you can go at this point. But
0: yeah, man. Yeah, like even even now, guess what's trending? I go on Twitter. This is even my for you thing. This is genuinely trending. Fire James Gunn and Peter Saffron. And then they've got pictures of him at the premiere for The Flash. I don't even know if if I was him. I don't even know if I'd be going to these premieres and stuff because you're associating, saying, sorry, you're associating yourself with his brand that right. you're also being like, we're getting rid of it, mate. We're getting rid of all this crap. There's no way they're making a Flash 2 now. There's okay. no way they're bringing back Ezra Miller. I mean, if they drop The Rock, one of the biggest stars in the world, they drop The Rock over the Black Adam box office, Uh, then yeah, this is it. I mean crazy it's crazy to think that we could have had a henry cavill versus black adam the rock superman film and and they've you know they're doing creature commandos instead but (laughs) i'll not be a negative nancy on it i promise i'll not be that i'm excited for to see what james gunn does i hope it's worth the sacrifices that he's made and i appreciate you guys sacrificing an hour of your time to listen to very disheveled just a disclaimer i've been I've been at work for 15, 16 hours now. Hour We're going on. Got about six a.m. this morning. Uh, powered through, and I was ne- I was nearly finished. And then uh, they released. Well, the the Kraven trailer leaked, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna have to go back to work because knowing Sony, this will be officially released in an hour's time, and it could set you watch. What's by funny it. is
1: you messaged me or like, I need to prep this in case it releases, and I had yeah. a thought of. Ah, it's probably not going to release. <laughs> yeah. Sure enough, I was like, "Paul was right on the money all over again. Yeah. He was right on the money." Yeah.
0: So man. yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed it. This is episode four. We've we've made it four episodes, and thank you for your continued support. I've just been looking on the the analytics there. People joining up, becoming members, and supporting the channel, which we we really appreciate. Okay. Last week we had a bit of controversy. Um, you know. I, as soon as we stopped recording i i, I did feel like oh you know what, I, I feel like we we kind of mishandled the way that we spoke about things then and i mean i've been texting greg most days saying um oh, and i feel really shitty about that uh so yeah apologies guys if you felt let down by us on that as well um so yeah we appreciate we appreciate you coming back if you if you have come back you might not even be listening to this mate which you'll never know but have really uh, kicked it yeah. off
1: with this paul should I him. should
0: have, you know what I mean? But now it feels more sincere because I'm doing it at the end when it's, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm not just trying to get goodwill at the start of the, the episode. I'm genuinely saying it from the bottom of my heart. It's on my mind, and I'd rather we at least address it, and I, I, I apologize to you guys. You know, I think touchy subjects like that should be handled with more respect and uh, more graceful than what we did.
1: I'm going to put the blame all on you. I just follow you. That's all you.
0: Well, you've just ruined my sincere thing with a joke there, and we're going to get in trouble again. So I think it's a good place Greg. to end. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, uh, guys. Well, Greg won't be back next week. Don't worry about that. No. Dan uh, will uh, yeah, be like, here
1: talking with Paul next week.
0: Yeah, causing even more trouble, that guy, <laughs> bloody hell. He's, he has seen, he put a video out before saying that he hasn't seen The Flash, and he's just there to celebrate a bombing because James Gunn made fun of him on Twitter. I was like, oh, Greg, Greg. sorry. Josh, Josh, you're crazy, you're crazy He's a nice guy, Josh I I actually realised this week like I had a, a bit of a moment of self-reflection Thinking, I come across like a bit Of a dickhead on Twitter, you know Um. So yeah, uh, apologies For that as well, I, I put out a tweet before Just saying, look, I've realised I've came across Like a bit of a dickhead, I do enjoy Comic book movies, and I'm open To <laughs> anyone's suggestions on how we Can improve this podcast as well So yeah, thanks guys Thank you, guys. I appreciate
1: it. No, in all sincerity, thank you guys for listening. It uh, means a lot. Yeah. And just know we had no actual ill will or intention about it. And we know that even if we make a joke about a sensitive or controversial subject, that we should, at the very least, follow it up with, well, here's what we really mean. There's, there's ways to make humor. And there's a way to, to have humorous commentary without it coming across insensitive if that makes sense so that was not yeah, our intention just think... and sometimes we're rushing when we're doing these and we just didn't think it all, out all the way through so
0: i think as well just you know like you, ha- you do kind of have to get put in check sometimes as definitely. well and it can be oh my God, a positive yeah. thing for people to be like look mate you're out of line there because everyone's really respectful about it to be honest though and it was more just us kind of feeling like we let ourselves down uh when we we should have s- spent more time actually analyzing all sides and instead of just going down this one rabbit hole and then making crap jokes about it so yeah apologies guys but uh thanks for coming back if you made it this far and uh, we appreciate the love and uh, you know what it's nice seeing you guys actually interacting with us and and giving your thoughts on the podcast because we could just be speaking to no one yeah much appreciated thanks for choosing us for your favorite podcast see i tricked you in the end i got you
1: Across the again, Spoilerverse, sorry. complete yeah. number four.
0: Yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about more terrible crap that's probably <laughs> happened in the week. So yeah, what do you mean the entire DCU's been cancelled? <laughs> nah, thanks guys, and see you next week. Peace. Peace.